From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again for another fun-filled episode of... Jasmine Satellite Show Bar 2. Jasmine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, welcome to Power oh, Move. Yeah. I am your host. My name is John Gafford. With me to my left, as always, I, I, can, you know what? We're going so fast. That, you know what? Colt the Chimer Rouge Sympathizer. <laughs> the Chimer Rouge Sympathizer. I don't know. There you go. Whatever it was. God, he, Chris gets into I know. He loves it. it. I know. He loves yeah, it there. Chris Connell, Esquire. Chris, how are you, sir? Living the dream. And special guest in the studio today, my man from Vegas Auto Gallery, Nick Dosa, is here. Nick, what's happening? How are you? How much, man. Glad to be here. How Thank are you? you. So, so, guys, today on the show, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, but Nick is here, and Nick is, in, and for those of you who are not in Vegas listening to us, you hear like Vegas Auto Gallery, and you're thinking, oh, is this like the buy here, pay here lot? Uh, <laughs> where they knock your head off and charge 18% interest and repossess your 82 Camry in about three weeks. <laughs> and, and, and that's not really the business Nick is in. Nick is in the, I've got $2 million boot. Gotti's hanging around in my showroom. Uh, yesterday, I actually bought a car from from Nick, and that's not the cool part of the story. The cool part of the story is by the time I bought the car and I was going to get my bag out of his office to come back, I come back and there's two golden knights sitting in my car, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. And they're about, they about to resell it on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like, do, do, do you mind if we sit in your car? And I'm like, uh, no, you go right ahead. You, you go right ahead. Civic. Yeah, this is the nicest Civic I've yeah. ever been. Actually, actually, it's amazing what you can do with a Fiero with the right body kit. It yeah. is just gorgeous. Oh, the car that we picked up yesterday, we're good. So today we're going to get, I mean, you know, look, this is a dude that has built an incredibly successful business. I mean, just incredible successful business. And we're going to kind of go through like we do with all the entrepreneurs that come on the show, what makes him tick, what got him to where he is and hear the story. And, you know, if you are someone that owns a business and you want to have about, you talk about connecting in a way that's special with your high end clientele, this dude's got it. Because I mean, these guys, not only do the Knights, I mean, they weren't there to buy a car yesterday, were they? Were they, were no, they there to buy a car? Out, but, uh, yeah, they were there just They left the one. Yeah, they, they left the <laughs> one. <laughs> but, they, but they were there. They were there just to keep it real and, and creating an environment for those guys. But the connection he has with his business is what makes his business go. And, and, and this is a guy that, you know, I, I can't even imagine how much money is in your contacts on your phone. I can't even. I can't even get my head around what that number must be. But before we do that, as we always do, we got to talk about some current event stuff. And I got to tell you. Super Bowl this weekend uh, came out. Was that it was a good game? I, I want to talk about the game though. This is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about tone deafness and advertising. That's what oh, I want to talk wow. about. That's what I want to talk about. Uh, you know, Nick, you, this may be one of your clients. You may want to you want to just deck off the show right here, real quick. But <laughs> my God, there was an ad, and I'm not going to say who it was by name. But there was an ad. I'm sure you didn't see it where you are because it was local and it was an attorney, and it was the most tone deaf thing I've ever seen. This was an ad for an attorney, and it wasn't. There was no speaking in the inset ad. It was just like. Let me like like let me put these super hot chicks in slow motion with giant eyelashes, and then I'm gonna lean wow. against really expensive cars, which probably came from you. And then, <laughs> like like I like I Nothing. left I, I left yeah. this ad watching it like like bro, who is this for? Like no. it's not it's not for anybody. It's not for <laughs> high end people. It's not for the broke people. You no. just the tone death right was crazy. I I sent Chris the Twitter feed of people talking about this, and I've never seen. Yeah, they turned on. Usually, you'll have hard. one or two people defend people, and no, not one no. person defended them. And nope. 
like everybody's like i thought it was a spoof of a you know making fun of it and then they're going to turn around and then no. the commercial ended and yeah. that was legit and and so i think the moral of the story with this ad is a couple things bad spot right now no 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 you look, look i just the, like the, to the, go on record yes, being that okay, i believe that all members of the bar are honorable and dignified yes. people there you go I think the point of it is twofold. Number one is, you know, before you make a piece of advertising, maybe you should invest in some sort of market study to see who your target market is and then what sort of thing would appeal to them. I think that's a good piece of advice. The second piece of advice I'm going to say is, obviously after seeing that ad is, there are people out there that will produce, it, that they claim to be in marketing, claim to be in advertising, they will produce whatever piece of shit ad you, you direct them to make and tell you it's wonderful. Because somebody told him that thing was amazing. I'm trying to like, tell Chris to let us write an ad for him. I could yeah, write you totally the should. best ad. It'd be the Chris. best ad. Oh my god! Wow. It'd be amazing. Come <laughs> out on that, It'd be amazing. Chris. <laughs> you already saw what our brain yeah. does at the. Yeah. We're, we were planning that yes. party before. Yes. It was amazing. That's, yeah, that's see, why see, I'm out on it. In, in, in Chris's defense, he walked in today, and uh, my assistant is uh, is with child now, and, and the word is out. We've been keeping it quiet, but it's out. And so, you now know, me being me, I feel <laughs> no, I feel obligated. I feel obligated to plan her bachelor or, or not bachelor party, but her uh, her baby shower. That's what it is. No. Same thing. I feel obligated to plan that event, and uh, and honestly, I think the best ad, the best idea we came up with was what Colt. I, well, I can't say what the best one was. No, the, the fascist dictators. No, was fasc- my vote. no fascist dictators. She shot back down, nope. and I think now we, she has no personality. You're on, no, you're on pimps and hoes. Well, we yeah. we yeah. settled on pimps and hoes. It's going to be. I mean, think about it. You have the pimps up, hose down, baby reveal. I think that's a yeah. strong move. You have the iceberg slim salad. Yeah. <laughs> so wedge iceberg, iceberg slim, slim wedge salad. Wedge salad yeah. yeah, you get it oh, done. Right uh, to it's yeah. it's going to be a beautiful event. Um, I just hope, I just hope I can get a grandmother to come. That's all. I, that's all I yeah. say. Oh, but anyway, wow. <laughs> but the next thing you know, I got to tell you is 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 foresight in business. Because guys, I had something happen to me this week, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I lost three hundred Jesels this Whoops. weekend. 300 grand yep. down the tubes. And it was because I was dealing with an agent that was very short-sighted. Now, how do you do that? Well, very simply, um, let's just say that this agent who, and I called everybody and nobody knew who they were. And again, I, this is not bashing our industry because I hate it, but I'm just calling a spade a spade and I'm, I'm using this as an example. I'm not doing it out of spite that I lost 300 because it'll come around I'll figure it out. I'm going to find my clients in another house. It's fine. But this agent was representing somebody. And let's just say this was somebody that had to leave Vegas. They didn't have a choice. They were leaving Vegas. And they are somebody that's never coming back. Professionally or legally? Yeah, yeah, no. well, whatever. Just, we're going to leave it at that, all right? <laughs> it's, it's somebody that, that's leaving Vegas and they're never coming back. Who lived here but no they longer. They lived here and they are moving away and they're never coming back. This person will never come back to Vegas, right. right? And this agent was representing to sell their house. Now, my clients, all right, are very influential people that happen to be a member of a certain country club here in town. Very, and they're there all the time. They know everybody there. They talk to everybody there. This agent had insinuated during the showing that we were at that she uh, was a member also of said club, which explains how this person wound up with this listing. Obviously created a relationship with somebody through the club and that was it. And here's the deal. I don't mind, like if my clients got beat in the offer, I don't mind. I don't mind that at all. But when you string us out with a bunch of things that you, you tell me something and it doesn't seem to be accurate as we go along and um, and we're working through that and you string my clients out, my clients are furious with this agent. Mm-hmm. So now, yes, you've sold the house, congratulations, but I don't think it's enough for them to retire on. And the reality of it is Alienated. this person, this person who you, you know, maybe did, you thought you were doing right by them, which is fine. And keep in mind, you could have handled this with my clients much differently and, and, and still they could have lost and it would have been fine. 
but you slow rolled them and you lie, you know, you said some things that didn't really turn out to seem to be real accurate. And now my clients are furious. So now you got this client you sold them for, but they've moved away. They're gone. Yeah, they're not. Now, they're, they're a one shot. Yeah, your, your little honeypot yeah. where you're going to try to get business now is completely shot out. Because believe me, my clients are going to tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it just it was so short sighted. And, and the idea here, man, is if you're going to be in business and you're doing it in the long term, play 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 chess, not checkers. Right. Oh, yeah. You got to look further than than the, than the than what's well, right in front of your face. You, you know this market right now, and my wife's a realtor. She sent an agent an offer. That agent turns around, sends her a text back going, hey, I got this offer, and is your client able to come up on it? She's like, excuse me, you're literally just texting me. That was my offer. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong number. <laughs> you know, and just careless, it, just yeah. absolutely careless and, and just tacky. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's one of those things where <sighs> I don't know what's going on right now, man, but it seems oh, like it's like 2004. It seems well, yeah. It's, it Remember seems how like, many people were doing that and making money and all of a sudden now they're bartenders yeah. and nothing well, against bartenders, well, but it's, it's cold. Those bartenders. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, let's have it. Man. My mom's real estate for years. Love it. From, from Canada. So, you know, Remax, obviously. Sure. Very well. Uh, my mom was one of the first people that brought Remax to Canada in the seventies. Wow. Okay. So she had most of the Remax offices in Calgary, Alberta, top realtor in 1993, four, five, six, seven, number 11 internationally, number three, uh, in Alberta and number one in Calgary. Jeez. So she was, a, she was a heavy hitter for an East Indian woman, uh, you know, to, to do that. But so my point of this is that as a young kid, I didn't grow up like hang out with my friends. I grew up in a show home. And I remember I was showing houses at the age of 12 years old, walking mm -hmm. people to one house, another house, the industry here in Vegas, I got to say is no offense. Any realtors. Oh no, it's not like you'd be offense. No. over there. They work like you get an yeah. offer. You're working it. You're answering yeah. your call at midnight. You're answering the call at 1 AM. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter because some deals will go till one o'clock in the morning. You know yeah. that like, they'll yeah. go right uh, over here. It's like, Oh yeah, well I'm on vacation. I'm at a wine tasting. I'll call you tomorrow. It's like, Dinner. I want to buy the house. Yeah. Well, you yeah. want to sell me the house? Tell yeah. me I don't want to buy the house. Yeah. And I'll go find something else. I, I, why is that? I always it, said well, that. You guys when I came to Vegas, no, I, when I came to Vegas, I said the same thing because I came from Northern Utah. So I'm like, oh, Vegas is, you know, I'm thinking oh, Podunk Lo, yeah. Northern Utah. I'm like, wow, this is not the same well, as that like market. Well, well, you, well, it's not that. You got to understand. In, in Vegas, you've got 20,000 realtors in the MLS. All right. Of those 20,000, 10,000 of them have something in common, which is they did not sell a house last year. So these are people that part with, give or take, you know, thousands of dollars a year sure. just to be able to carry a business card and say, I sell real estate, even right. though they do nothing, right? And I mean, that's a commitment to be able to carry a card just to part with two grand. I mean, why not just say like, I'm a, I'm a taxidermist. I think pretty sure there's no, there's no board you have to join I'm, to be I'm a taxidermist. import export. Yeah, exactly. Just make up something up, interior design, whatever it is, just make something up to say that you have a job and that's how it is. But, I, I but then you got, okay. well, you got your, so now we're down to 10,000 that do, you know, really, they do uh, 10,000 sell all the houses. Sure. Now of the 10,000, maybe I'm going to guess 6,000 of those sell one house a year. One. So we went from zero to one. So now I got four thousand left. Of the four thousand, you've got about two thousand that might sell two homes a year. You when it really comes down to it, you got about five hundred people in town that sell That's everything. That's true. It's pretty much it. So if you don't it, get those five hundred. Yeah, if you, you don't get one, one of those guys, you're just you're just whatever. You're getting a lot of realtor. And that and that, unfortunately, is the math as to why people are fed up with realtors. That's why. Because there's too many people that this is their it's a low barrier to entry. Third job, fifth job. Maybe yeah. I don't have a job. My, you know, I'm sure. being supported by my spouse, and I just want a card that says I do something. And I got a friend in my family 
who wants to do it. So it's worth it to carry the yeah, license. Yeah, that's sense. worth it. For that's that one house you get every couple of years. No, that's worth it. But you know what? Enough about us, man. That's my little current <laughs> events and stuff. So, I, you know, I brought you in here. He's like, okay, I, you know, this is great. I'm just no, uh, throwing some <laughs> comments in for the side. He's a fellow but, Cal- I moved here from Calgary. But let's, so yeah. You're from Calgary? Oh, well, I'm from wow. Regina. Oh, Jeepers. Aren't you? Oh, Jeepers. Oh, here we go then. Either. All from Regina. We're going to talk to all right, if yeah. you guys start talking about syrup, this is going to be over in like five minutes. I'll, I, I will shut this you, off. You mean in three hours, yes, John? There's go, a lot to talk about. You go down the syrup train. This is over. Um, so let's, again, back to you, man. So so Nick owns Vegas Auto Gallery, but you didn't just come out of the ether and own this thing. So tell me, I always like to hear the start, man. You was a kid walking through that. That's what I like to hear about because it's so funny because most of the conversations we have like this are almost identical. And I just like to prove yeah. that point and see if that's where you're at. So so. You kind of want to know the whole thing of absolutely, man. Did you have a job with the Calgary Herald? <laughs> Did you deliver papers? Okay, no. So would you stop? Been, you've ever you're, been to Regina? You're leading the witness. Objection, Your Honor. Leading the witness. You're leading the witness. You're going forward. So let the man talk. Uh, no. So, starting out in Calgary, I was going to school and playing hockey like everybody does over there, um, and I got pretty competitive with it. And uh, from there. As I was playing hockey, I got injured at a very competitive level. I was uh, almost, like I would say, you guys call it like uh, junior, so we'll just call it junior, okay. right? So I got So how old was this? In high uh, school or after high school? No, like in 19. Okay, so you're like 19. So, so I was playing hockey. Well, I'm going to go back further than that. When you were a kid, like what was, the, what was Showing, the first, what was the, houses. no, no, what was the first hustle you had as a kid to make money? What was it? <laughs> Believe it or not, I was, like I said, I was showing houses for my mom. Um, Mom's my dad passed away at the age of, uh, when I was 12. And so uh, he was only 52 at the time. My mom was a single mom at the time growing up. So she raised me. And so I was working with her. Like I, I was always with my mom because that was, my dad told me, hey, look after your mom. So that was my priority. So I worked with her. I helped her with whatever she needed. Uh, she was a very successful realtor over there. I was buying and selling cars while I was in school just for fun. Not, not because I had to. I was just for fun. Like I was, we had auto traders back then. It wasn't, yeah. like, there's no internet. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. so you're, you're auto trader. You look for a car and you find it and you go buy it and I'd clean it up and I'd put it back in the auto trader the next week. And so you're flipping. How old is this when this starts? I was like 16, 16 flipping cars. What, what's the best, what's the best business lesson you learned watching your mom do real estate? Be honest. Just be honest. Be honest, be honest and hard work. Like just honestly, you have to just do the right thing by people. It's not about, you don't want to chop someone's head off. I'd rather make, money every time for a long road rather than just go for a huge score and smoke someone right off the bat and then they'll never come back to me and say fuck that guy i never want to come mm-hmm. back or as a wise man once said you, you can shear a sheep a thousand times and skin them only once yeah, mutton once <laughs> so you can have wolf forever or mutton once <laughs> that's it yeah she taught me a lot man everything i learned in business was from my mom nice straight up so that's it was a lot of lessons so you're competitive hockey you're pretty good Think you, junior 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 you think you could have gone to Olympics? Oh, my God. oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Like you said, he goes way out. Yeah, well hang, on, well, hang on a second. There's a couple of reoccurring themes that you probably need to know about. And I guess we should get this out of the way now, right? Colt, you're down for this. I mean, yeah. I guess I... Colt believes that he could compete at an Olympic level with how long? One year? 
Oh, yeah, and now it's shortening because now I'm starting to watch some of the winter events, and I could be the top guy on the double luge and do nothing. Yes, he, he's genuine. Get my, he, get my triceps going really yeah, good. Yeah, first it, it was equestrian for the longest time. He's given that up now the Winter Olympics here, but he believes it was one year. Now it's, what's the max training here? Six months. Six months. So, so we, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go ahead and get this out of the way. And that's do another you, thing. Do I can believe? run fast uh, enough to be uh, in a bobsled. Right, okay. I can keep up. We might not win, but I could be number three okay. on that. Team? All right. So, is there any no? planet do you believe Colt could compete at an Olympic level in any sport in six months? Knowing oh. him for the now, where are we at? Fourteen minutes. We've been doing this. Is there any way that happens? <laughs> I can't say, but yeah. I'm, I'm no, you can. I'm can. You can. I would, you can. I'd like to say that I, I would hope that he. I'm glad that he thinks he can. Yes. Well, I will say there's only been one person <laughs> to ever way. vote yes for him, and that's a guy that slaps dudes for money. <laughs> the only guy there you that go. Ever supported this <laughs> for you? Smart guy. Smart slap for cash. I like slap. <laughs> yes. Talk to him all the time. And that, and that's yeah, I like slap. And, and that's it. the only guy that's Honestly, ever supported this. Like there are Bob sled for cash is on there. Bob sled. I could be number two in there. All right, we're Colt. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back to Nick. Saying, you better be a hockey guy. You're, yeah, you'll get a chance to talk about sandwiches or cookies or something here shortly. <laughs> I, I got a text no, real quick. No, no, real, real, real quick. I get a text from someone in Colorado on like the weekends. Like, Jesus, are you high? Pumpkin cookies. I'm like, that was the oh, right yeah. answer yeah. of that person. Yeah, that was sorry. That was sorry, a correct guys. answer. So, okay, back to you, Nick. I'm sorry. It's going to happen. No, no, it's all good. I'm glad you. Yeah, you have to have kind of sorry. ADD in here because he's, it's just going to steer off all pumpkin cookies. No, no, no pumpkin cookies. So you're pretty good at hockey. Good at All hockey, right. So yeah. so here's one thing that I have found in my life when I have been exposed to guys that were really good at a sport mm-hmm. and then maybe got injured and it didn't happen. Yeah, I found I found that there is really uh, it's more common than not for guys or gals in that situation to kind of actually become worthless is a good way to put it. I mean, what I mean by that is because they've had somebody telling them how special they are for so long because they're good at this one thing. And all of a sudden when that one thing goes away, they're completely lost. Yeah. And it becomes a, my glory days are behind me and this is over. So, so where were you with, obviously you didn't do that, but where were you that? How did you get over that? What, what happened? Tell me about the energy, et cetera. It it was depressing. Actually, what you said is correct because you're, you're playing at such a high level. Everything stops for you. You're going through, you know, uh, physio to get back to better and, and you never really get there. And then you go back out and you're like, oh man, I, like you can feel the difference, you know, it's never the same. Yeah. And then you don't make it any further. So it's actually a mentally very, you have to have a really strong mind. Otherwise it'll crush you. Some guys fall off. A lot of the people yeah. who played hockey with that didn't make it drug addicts, yeah. you know, super fat. Don't give a shit about themselves. Yeah. You know, five kids running around. That's it. Up. Like it's seriously, it messes you up. And it's, it's such a young age that it really, kind of puts you on a road of destruction for the rest of your life. And it's hard to follow. I was lucky that I was mentally strong and I had good support. Well, that's able to get through that. And, you know, I had motivation to push to get a bonnet. It's one of the things that I always preach to guys. You know, people always ask me like, if I could give a young entrepreneur advice in business and I'm always like, do not let what you do become your identity. Keep your identity. You, because what you do will probably change several times throughout your life. But if, you know, if you get too attached to one, if you, if, if what you do is who you are, you're gonna be screwed, and I think that's that. So, what was the injury? What'd you What'd you hurt? My knee. Your knee. Blow the knee out. Blow the knee out. Never recovered from it. Really. Oh man, so you, I so, still have pain now. Like when I work out and you know do lifts, whatever, I feel it. When the weather changes, oh, you feel it. Oh yeah, <laughs> cracks and cracks and creaks as you oh, get out of bed. No yeah, kidding. Yeah. So you blow the knee out. You, you try to get it done, but you're just. At what point do you figure out this ain't gonna happen? After 
physio so many times, getting back on the ice, I just didn't have the same speed, didn't have the same agility. It was just like, you know, this is not going to work. And it's just, you're just, yeah. this is done. And so, missed, so what, so what happened the then? Trials. Like I missed, I was getting scouted at the time and I missed that. It was gone. So I would have to wait a whole nother year. It's like, yeah. I put my whole life on hold for another year and just wait and hope that mm -hmm. I make it next year or do I just call it and ace and spade and spades? You're done. Let's move on. What's the next thing? All right. So you're done. So I'm guessing yeah. you sit down with mom. Yeah. Mom's like, okay, so you're going to go to university now and, uh, Go become a doctor. <laughs> I'm okay. like, okay. Okay. Well, I don't want to do that. All right. I, I was there very interested in chiropractic. So I started going to school and started doing all the biology and chiropractic courses and got halfway through that. And I was like, you know what? I'm sitting in class, buying and selling cars because that's what I just where'd you Where'd you go, where'd you go to college? Where? Uh, University of Calgary. Okay. Yeah. So I was sitting in class. I'm buying and selling cars and making money. And so I go home one day and I'm like, mom, like I'm making more money than the guy that's teaching me right now. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. She's like, no, I don't care. You have to, you know, you have to get a degree. I said, I want to open a dealership. She's like, no. I'm like, come on. What, how can I figure this out? How old is this? How old are you yeah, here? How, how are you do this? She's how, like, how, how, old, how old are you here? Uh, I was 20, I want to say I was 21. 21. 20, 21-ish, around there. All right, so you're 21. I want to open a dealership. I want to open a dealership. She's like, no. And you, you've gone to school and you've looked at, you know, and I had a similar situation where I, I went to class one day and I realized. <laughs> this is not for me. Yeah, you know, may, may, maybe, maybe, because I owned a bar when I was 20. Okay. And I was like in school for hospitality and I'm like, maybe I don't need this. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm good. So I, I feel you. I feel yeah. you there. But you're 20, 21. You want to open a thing. Mom says, no, you're getting your degree. Yeah. So I said, okay, fine. Well, I'm going to switch my degree then from chiropractic oh. and medical. I'm going to go into business. She's like, okay, cool. Good. Get your business degree. When you're done your business degree, then I'll give you the money. You can open a dealership. Okay. Like, okay, cool. So I go through school, I get my business degree. Everything's done. And I go back to her. I'm like, okay, mom, I'm done. I'm done with my, uh, my schooling. And she's mm -hmm. like, okay. I'm like, I want to open a dealership. You said you're going to help me out. She's like, are you serious? <laughs> she, looked she, was, like, she looked at me like yeah, I was crazy. Like, oh, yeah, I was just kidding about that. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't real. So sure enough, I, I said I, I pressed her, and she said, "Okay, let's go." So we went and found a location, uh, a warehouse in, in Calgary. In Calgary, okay. Found a location, and I was like, "You gotta understand, for me to break the mold of following her footsteps in real estate, I could have. It was a it was a slam dunk if I wanted to go into real estate. Sure. It was done. Like she was a home builder, she was doing real estate, all this stuff. I could have walked right into that. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy it at the time. Yeah. Um. So we find a warehouse, and I start with fifty grand. I just get it, get it going with the warehouse. So one car, 50 grand, built it up. Wait, you bought one? Okay, so you got 50 grand, so you got yeah. a choice. I can buy like 10 no, crap 50, boxes or I can buy one nice car and try to go? 50 grand to set up the business and buy a car. Oh, that was oh, everything. Right. So she's like, here you go. Because it was her friend that I leased the building from. So she probably thought, okay, let me get this kid out of it. Let's get this out of his system. Right, yeah. right. So he can just Let's watch this, this and, flop and yeah, then we'll go. Yeah. Back to chiropractic school <laughs> right, we go. Exactly. So <laughs> she set me up and I mean, but she was very supportive. I got to say that. So I did it and I paid her back. All right. So what months. was the, what was the first? It's like, you see, here's the thing. You might not remember because you already flipping cars. No, it was but what RX was seven? It was a what? RX seven. An RX seven. Yeah. I remember that. RX right. seven. Yeah. And it was an Acura Integra after that. Oh. I still remember those first two. And you remember, the fir you remember the first deal? Yeah. I remember the first deal. I was so excited. I was so jacked. <laughs> so, because here's the thing, because you weren't really, you were just kind of throwing them on, on back into Auto Trader and just kind of yeah. turning them over. They come over and it's like, there's the car. So yeah. at, so obviously working with your mom, you developed some decent closing skills and some sales skills with Very that. Very good. Very good. Yeah. And so you just, so this is the first, was this the first time you really had to like make this work or are you in the driveway hustling when you're 16? I, I was hustling, but like, this was like, okay, it's real now. And, and when you're yeah. at that age and yeah, you're yeah. like 22 or 23 starting a dealership, you know, you're like, 
okay, what am I, what am I going to do? Like, this is all on me. Like, what if this fails? Like, yeah. you, know, you get a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. What but kind of licensing and all that stuff did you have to get? I had to get all the dealer licensing from over there. So you got all the dealer licensing? Got all the licensing, that? everything. I started applying for everything right away while I was going to school. So I, I was, I knew when I was done, I was. And so you, so you are the sales manager, the salesman, the finance guy. You're everything. You're the whole nine yards. Let me have my guy run around back and get some gas. It was like a 4,000 square foot warehouse. It started with nothing. So you got the first one done. So now you get a couple cars going, right? Get a few going. So what point are you like, you know what? I need a little help around here. What point does that happen? I paid mom back and I was like, okay, cool. How long did it take you to pay it back? How long? Six months. Six months. Mom's flush. Yeah. Mom's flush. So was she? Okay. I could have paid her back sooner, but I just held on to it. Just had a little bit of right, little cushion. So where was where was mom with this? Was mom like, she I'm paid. happy I got money, money back, or is mom like, well, there goes chiropractor school? She, is that where was she? Well, she's like, listen, you got your business degree, and if this is what you want to do, then it's got to be your passion. So yeah. then fine, I'll so support it. She supported it all the way. All right. I was lucky that way. All right, cool. So we start with so we're RX seven, then we go to the Acura Integra, yep. and then we're working our way up. So at what point do you start bringing other people in to help you? I I hired a porter. Like which was one guy. I still remember his name was Mike, and he came to help me out. And he would basically sit. We had a showroom it was like a square box. If you can imagine the square box, one desk on the left side, one desk on the right side, and I'm on one side, he's on the other side. And he would help me clean the cars, prep them, go pick them up. If I'm buying a car from the auction, he'd have to go with me. We take one car. There was no Uber back then. <laughs> go one car, pick it up, bring it back, bring another one back. It was it was work, but I had one helper and we killed it. <laughs> where where and, and so okay so this is your first guy. Yeah. What'd you pay him to do that? Back in the day. What year is this? I don't remember. Where this are we? This is, I think, 2006. Two, so, 06. 06. So, man, this ain't that long ago. No, it was, this is 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, here we go. So, here we, we go from RX7 to Bugatti in 15 years. <laughs> so, well, let's see how long it took to get there. Yep. So, so we got our first guy in there. He's working. Where is he today? Do you know where he is? No idea. <laughs> where are you located? I was. You know McLeod Trail? Crow Trail or McLeod Trail? No, McLeod Trail, the main street. In by, by the Tim Hortons. You're just dying to talk about syrup. I see it. No, no, no. Because it's interesting because there's a lot of, because Crow Trail and McLeod, they have a lot of like major dealerships. There was a Porsche dealer and I was a building right behind the Porsche dealer. Oh, I know exactly where this. There you go. This portion of the show brought to you by Bacon. Canadian yeah. bacon. There you yeah. go. Um, so anyway, so you got you got the box. Yeah. So how long do we keep the box in, in before? Do we move to somewhere better in Calgary, or do we no, go like that? Going, I kept that going because all I did was that building had a lot of square footage, so I just mm -hmm. kept expanding. I took another spot beside me, another bay, and then the other bay, and then by the time I was done, I had the whole building. Ah, see there, see that's that's power move right there. If you're opening a business, now the same thing we kind of do with here is it's better to be the restaurant with not enough tables than the yeah. restaurant with a bunch of tables hoping somebody's going to come sit in them. So if you're going to start your business, you know, when you're looking for a location, I mean, Colt, I think our commercial expert would agree with yeah. this. It's a good idea to find something like this that you can scale out. Yeah, I like That's the biggest overhead you're going to have. Yeah, it's, your, it's a huge your lease. I mean, it's your insurance is up yeah. because of it, everything. It's a big, big. So And, and, here's, a, and here's a fun bit of advice. If you don't know if you want a whole space, take the end cap and leave the interior space vacant because there's a much greater idea. There's a much greater chance. Somebody's going to lease the end cap than lease the interior yeah. space. So grab the end cap first. If you want to, and always, always yeah. put first yeah. right of refusal. In yeah. your leases. Always, 
Always get <laughs> so that you in can there. Grab the next spot. Yeah, but you don't have you don't have to necessarily get the whole restaurant with no, the playland, no, no, dude. Just no. get the restaurant, just start, go, whatever yeah, you get. Just start. get it up. All right, cool. So we're we're growing into more bays. We're getting that. Grew into more bays. I'll fast forward it a bit for you. No, uh, don't. We got dude, we got we got an hour. We got plenty of time. Because okay. trust yeah. me, if you run out of stuff to talk about, I'll we have talk. to listen to this one. Yeah, I know, I know you'll I know you'll talk. Is like, Magic Johnson? Huh? Oh Jesus. <laughs> um, so I grew from that space and was selling cars, got a pretty good name in town. I started dealing with more and more. And through my mom's contacts, I was able to get plugged into a couple of high net worth individuals. So I started playing in the high end cars. Like I, I went from this cheaper stuff right away to the higher end stuff. I always wanted to do high end cars. So what was a, so what was a high end car to you then? Because I know that's okay. changed. That's a Mercedes E Class, so right. you know, like a three hundred ZX yeah. twin turbo back yeah. then. You know those. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was that a hot car. Yeah, high end car. That was a hot car. That was a high end car back then. Did that was that pretty quick? Like, was that like you were up and going for a year and made that decision or? Um, I made that decision probably after about eight months, eight, nine months. Because there's a lot of like saturation with the cheaper stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was only one guy in town that played in the the big toys. So I had to go follow that because I always had a passion for it. I mean, I was buying cars from a young age. If my mom wanted a car, I'd go to the Benz dealer and I'd negotiate the deal at the age of, you know, 14 years old. And the guy would look at me like I was crazy. One salesman took me serious. I went, okay, I want this car. I want this car. Let's negotiate. I did all the negotiations. I said, I'll be back tomorrow. I went home, told my mom, she's like, okay, cool, let's go. My mom went and bought two brand new cars. And that was it. I negotiated the deal. Yeah, I mean, see, that in itself is, is, a, is a business lesson. I mean, if you listen to what he just said, and you're going back to that, and you're talking about going from selling the crap boxes up to, well, not crap boxes, the smaller cars into yeah. the Highline. Anytime, if you want to, if you want to create, there's more risk in it, man. There's a lot of chance, and you got to sling your balls out there a little oh, yeah. bit. But if you want to have an easier path, get to where there's less competition. You know, people ask, you know, right now they're talking about, you know, us flipping the high end stuff. Why are we flipping high end houses instead of flipping three hundred thousand dollar houses? Because there's a million people trying to buy three hundred thousand dollar houses. Right. There's only a couple people in town that are, can take down a two million dollar house and turn it into a four million dollar house. And lucky enough, that's why I do that. So yeah, if you're having trouble, if you're struggling, if you're trying to find a market segment, as soon as you're good at the lower market segment, stretch that self out a little bit and you'd be surprised what's going to happen. You should probably cut your teeth on the smaller stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. Cut your teeth to see if you're any good at it. For sure. People that want to jump into luxury, I'm going to be a luxury Yeah, no, 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 no. You're not. What the hell are you talking about You definitely got to be able to see the bottom of the pool before you jump in the water. You definitely want to know that and know to swim a little bit. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break real quick. We'll be right back with Nick Dosa. We're going to talk about how we go from Calgary RX-7s to Vegas Bugattis. We'll be back in just a second. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we've, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Back from the break. Thanks again for joining us. And again, as I always say at this portion of the deal, man, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. If you're listening to us on a podcast, take a quick second out of your life and give us you know, give us a review. Give us that five star. Every little bit helps. I mean, yes, we have 10,000 of you that are subscribers, <clears throat> but, you know, I wouldn't mind having 11,000. I mean, it's, it's we're fighting the, we're fighting an uphill battle with some of Colt's commentary. So anything you can do to help us out is always we appreciated. Five or lose seven hundred. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, right, it, we're we're losing as many as we get with with Colt's commentary. So there you go. But anyway, back in the studio with us today is my man Nick Dosa, the owner of Vegas Auto Gallery, uh, seller of Bugattis to really rich and rich and famous. So uh, really interesting. If you didn't catch part one, go back and check it out. If you're listening to us on the podcast, you already heard it. So we'll just move on. But where we picking up the story is. 
Nick basically has created his first dealership at age about 21 in Calgary. Very quickly at eight months, moved from selling RX-7s into moving Highline. Back then, Highline would be considered uh, like a Nissan 350ZX or whatever mm-hmm. else. This is like 2006 we're talking. So here we are. Nick, welcome back. How do, so, so that's where we are. Pick up the story, my man. Where, where are we at? Where are we going? So from selling cars over there and doing the high-end stuff, I, I moved forward and uh, started doing more and more. I got tapped into like some high net worth individuals, like I told you from my mom. Mm-hmm. And I remember my one of my biggest deals was when I really kind of tasted it. And I was like, okay, listen, I know I can play with the big boy stuff, like which supercars at that point, there wasn't no such thing, but it was just starting, you know? Well, so let me ask you a, well, let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. So here you are. <clears throat> How old are you at this point? 22? No, no. Uh, 23-ish. 23-ish, right? But you're a kid. Yeah, I'm a kid. You're a kid. Because as, as my father used to say, you're, you know, I'm 25 is your dumbass birthday. That's when you're yep. no longer a kid. You're, if you do something stupid at that point, you're just a dumbass. But at 23, <laughs> you're a kid, right? Yep. So did you find it challenging being a 23-year-old kid and you have these high net worth individuals coming to deal with you? Did, did you feel, was there a little, I mean, if you look back at your 23-year-old self, was there a little twinge of, are these dudes going to take me seriously? You know what? I, the, the sense of intimidation sometimes would come because it's such a powerful person, like, you know, of, of great wealth at that point. And you're like, oh, wow, like, you know, will they take me serious? But I was lucky they did. And I think that because I was just, like I was saying, honest and just upfront and say, listen, this is what we're doing. This is what it is. This is what I want to make. And they're like, I appreciate that. I love the way you there do you business. Go. That was it. All right, cool. So you got a couple of high net worth guys. Now they're yeah. buying cars. So what happens next? So the, when I first tasted it, there was a, I don't know if you remember back, but there was a Lamborghini, uh, LP 640 back in the day, like it was a Versace edition, you know, doors up. It was a Murcielago, the newer version of the Murcielago, right? Okay. So I had a realtor and he was winning an award and he's like, I have to have one of these for the award ceremony. So I went and sourced that car. It was in Vancouver. So I flew to Vancouver. I did the deal. I flew to Vancouver. I picked the car up and I had to have it there by the next day. I literally drove that car. <laughs> All the way back from Vancouver, from Vancouver to deliver it to him on time. Watched it, delivered it, and everything. But I made a huge lick on that car. Yeah, I remember just it. pounded syrup the whole way to stay awake. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Timmy Ho, double double. Yeah, double double. Yeah, 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 double, double, double. Much, yeah. You're good. And that's when I felt it. I was like, wow, I made such good. So gross. how much? The guy. Okay, he's back not. He's probably not hearing this. Yeah. How yeah. much? What was that? What was that? Cut? I made a hundred grand. You made a hundred grand. I made a hundred grand. So that was the first big swat where you're like, I was like, you want it? This we got to pay to get it. He's like, cool, go get it. And this was it. He didn't care. But he, he's like, go get it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's all right. So that's that's a, that's a, that's a bunch of money for a little kid at that age. I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> all right. So well, okay. So here's the well. Let's talk about that too, because the biggest problem, you know, in the real estate space, which is where we are, which is most realtors get on what's called the real estate roller coaster, which is like, yeah, I get a big commission, and then oh god, now I'm broke because I don't work. Exactly. And so you get a hundred grand. That's a big clip for you know a 23, 24 year old kid for sure. How do you, you know? Do you, was there a twinge of well, maybe I'll take a vacation, maybe I'll all. go screw around, or you just just pedal the metal and work. I was like the next one has to be bigger than a hundred. Let's go. Now we're just. So pet- I, I started buying more stuff, expanding more, and I put all the money back into the business and myself, and just worked. I, I wasn't spending money buying gifts or buying clothes, or whatever. I was how much were you? How much were you paying yourself at that point? How much at that time? Yourself? I was paying only. I had a car payment on one car that I had to keep solid because you weren't allowed to drive a dealer plate every night. Okay. So I had to buy one car. So I had a car payment of like 1200 bucks. And that was it. That was it. And I'd pay that and I'd take a little bit of money to live like maybe two, three grand. 1200 Canadian. That's it. 1200 Canadian. Canadian. Call it five grand a month. All right, five grand a month. Are you living on your own or still? You're not with mom at this point. <laughs> no. On, no, no. Okay, all right. You know, we're not, dude. I, I got a wife and kid. You, no, but you sell, you got a wife and kid at this point? 
Yeah, I got a wife and kid right now. No, no, no. Now, no, Jesus. Now, no, 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 no. Back no, no, then, no, I had no, my own no. house. Okay, got it. I'm like, yeah, a wife and kid? You're living no, no. in Bob's with $1,200? <laughs> no, okay, no. no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just making this worse. All right, so <clears throat> bigger and better, you're only, take, you're only paying yourself like five grand. Five grand a month, yeah. And the business is generating a lot of capital, but you're reinvesting all in inventory marketing. What was the I was percentage of what you're Because I wanted to be able to be super flush. If I want to go buy something, you have to have cash on hand. Yeah. You know, back then there wasn't floor plans like there is today. Yeah, yeah. You know, you had to pay if you want yeah. to buy something. So. For those for those that don't know what a floor plan is, that's a fine that's a finance term. Yep. Which is not now, now let me ask you this. Sure. Let's because I'm you know here's a, here's a, let's get some tips and tricks too because obviously yeah. with you you don't care because your, your business is not yeah. this. But I always because I actually cut my teeth in the car business. That's where right. I learned how to sell. I was in a hospitality business forever, and then when I finally I had bleeding ulcers at 28, owning and running restaurants and bars and nightclubs, and my doctor was like, "You need a fucking life change." <laughs> I was like, "All right." So <clears throat> I actually, a buddy of mine said, "You can either sell Kirby vacuum cleaners or you can sell cars." Either way, you have a PhD in sales, and I was like, "I ain't selling vacuum cleaners, so I went and sold cars." I did it for three months, um, and, and crushed it. I mean, I was like, when I left there after three months, the the owner of the dealership like offered to pay my rent to get yeah, me to like stay. stay with us. Yeah. He's like, whatever you want to do to stay. And, uh, God, I forgot. I was, I forgot. I was talking about, oh, uh, here's well, the question. So well, back well. then, I don't know if it's still then, but what he's talking about with the interest rate is it hits at the end of the month or the yep. first of the month they calculate your existing inventory on yep. the, on the showroom floor, which is where you pay your interest. Yep. So the best time to buy a car kids, if you're out there is the last day of the month. Yeah. You get a month, is that, free. Get a month free. Yeah. Is that accurate or inaccurate? It's accurate, pretty much. Not pretty, with what you do, but. Not with what I do, but pretty accurate back then, yes, it, yeah. it was. And there was a thing called the curtailment. So you'd have to pay, at the end of that 30 days, mm -hmm. you have to pay a percentage of whatever you bought a car for 50 grand, for example, you know, I'll use that number, and you got to pay 10%. So you'd have to pay like the five grand to the curtailment. But part of that was interest, part of it was towards the car. So your value of your car would go down to like 40, let's say your interest was whatever percentage your value of your car would go down to 49 a thousand bucks was burnt for interest so you now only owe 49 right but even today if somebody's going down to your friendly neighborhood ford dealer yeah would you say that the last day of the month is probably the best day to go okay, but the best day to make a deal for yeah, sure Yeah, the best day and also here's another one kids <coughs> go at like six o'clock yeah. don't go in the morning because you know why you know what the finance manager wants to do he wants to go home hey, he wants to go and the weekend. longer you sit because there's a party most scholarships have a party last day of the month and if you if you go if you go at six o'clock and that finance major sitting there while you're grinding over nothing, I mean, and get up and walk out like three times. I mean, I I I, I love buying lower end cars because I just I think it's funny. It's it's becoming less fun because now it's like emailed internet price. They just drop their pants and that's yeah. it. And there's like okay, Jesus, that that was uneventful. Right. The market's changed. Yeah, the market's <laughs> yeah. definitely changed. It was much more fun. Anyway, so now you got your cars moving. You got yeah. your you, you, you're building the kitty so you can buy the big stuff. Yep. So I started going to auctions and then there was a local dealer there. Um, I still remember his name, Steve Iskovich. He had the Mercedes store, the Volkswagen store, uh, Saab at the time. So a bunch of like franchise stores and he was the biggest. Did those, did those, guys, did those guys look down their nose at you a little bit? <laughs> I'll tell you the story. This All right, cool. So, I like this. this so I'd go to the auction and I used to call him like, Steve with his henchmen. He'd walk into the auction with five guys from all his managers. They'd all be wearing black trench coats. Yeah, I'm painting the picture for you. It's cold outside in like Canada. Like dusters? <laughs> they walk in. They're all holding clipboards. And, you know, they walk into the lanes and one will each go to the lane. And a few of them will stand beside the owner, Steve. Yeah. And so I'd be in the lane bidding on a car. I remember like, there's a Range Rover. It was a 06 Range Rover Sport. That's when they first came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was bidding on this car. And he, bidding, bidding. He's like bidding against me. He owns a Land Rover store. Like he wants yeah. that car. I'm like, keep going, keep going, keep going. I end up owning it. He walks over and he's like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> Sorry, <I shouldn't> <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm like, 
uh, um, you know, so-and-so. He's like, Dosa. He's like, I know that name. I'm like, yeah, my mom's Shrin. He's like, come see me tomorrow. I'm going to have my assistant call you. What's your phone number? Takes my number. You got summoned. I got summoned. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So <laughs> he's like, so I walk, I go to his office the next day. <clears throat> Actually, two days later, it was on a, it was on a Friday. And I went to his office on a Monday, I remember. And so he's like, sit with me. So we start chatting. I walk in this big building. He's like, so let me ask you a question. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you, you, so, like, you sold a property <laughs> on the wrong territory yeah, yeah, and yeah. didn't pay a tribute. <laughs> I'm going to make you, uh, I guess, an offer's yeah, coming right go. now. Don't yeah. make yeah. me call the five dusters in. <laughs> so he's like, Undertakers. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, buying cars. He's like, well, I'm the I'm the biggest game in town, Like, and you're bidding against me. Yeah. Like, dude, that's, that's balls. He's like, you got big balls, kid. Uh, I said, yeah, well, I mean, I have it. I can't sell off empty shelves. Right. He's like, okay. He's like, how much inventory you have? So I give him the number at the time. I remember he calls his assistant. He says, Sheila, come over here. So his assistant walks in the office. She's like, let's gather all these numbers and uh, write him a check. Let's write him a check. You, kid, you're going to come buy for me. So what about my lease? He's like, well, I own the building you're in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So now all of a sudden it's gone from. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> like, I own the building you're in, so don't worry about your lease. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Fair enough. It was, I mean, you probably remember him actually from back in the day. He owns Hyatt Mercedes. Who was it? Steve Viscovich. Steve Viscovich. That's a big deal. Like, big deal. In town. Yeah, there was, you know, yeah. uh, so super friendly guy. Oh, well, they're, yeah, he they're was, Canadian. They're, yeah, they're all Canadian. There you go. And so, I mean, okay, is there such thing as, can you get threatened by a Canadian guy? It's like, oh, Jeepers, they're, uh, we're going to have to, like, uh, <laughs> hey, you hey. know what? If, if, you don't, if you don't snap in the line, we're going to have a pillow fight. I'm just telling you right I now, wanna, I might tickle you. I, I <laughs> want to point out the obvious, but Brett hit that hit man hard. Okay, okay, the hit man hard. Okay, so. yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah okay. But the, Prone yeah. to violence. I'll give, yeah, I'll yes. give it to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so do you go work for him? Yeah, I started buying cars from him for him. For him. For all his stores, and I was helping manage his uh, Mercedes store. I was like working there at the Mercedes. That's my While office. you were keeping there. your dealership, no, you had to let it go. When he took me out. So, and it was a decision I made at the time because the money was so good. I was like, he basically bought me out, and I was like, I was flush. Yeah. So I was like, and I had no non competes. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me do this for a bit, make more connections, get better dialed in, learn the franchise side of things. Mm -hmm. Being a used car dealer is one thing, being a franchise dealer is a whole different, a whole different deal. And yeah. that's what my passion was. Like, once I was in the car business, I I want to be a franchise store. I want to have a franchise. So let's, okay. So let's look at, let's look at the lesson from that kids. You want to fast track your career. You want to get something. You want to get knowledge, get a mentor. I mean, Learn, don't yeah, go out and try to figure it out yourself, man. Banging your head against the wall. This is a dude that took a step backwards to take five steps forwards, which okay. is again, this is why if you're thinking about getting into real estate, join a team, leave, join a team, man, leave the ego at the door, get involved with somebody that's going to mentor you and make an investment in you every day. I, I love that. So you're working for this guy. Back to you. Yeah, I had open checkbooks. I was buying cars for his Volkswagen store, his Mercedes store, his Saab store. So I was basically doing all the buying for him. So I got really good connections all across the country at that point because we're buying from Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, like all these places. You don't just buy from one city. You got yeah. to spread your wings. Um, Did you get to Windsor a lot? <laughs> no, I <didn't> went <laughs> Love Windsor. Windsor's um, a great place. But then I got a curveball. I got a crazy curveball. What was that? Uh, so my mom was coming back and forth from Vegas at the time. And my brother moved here. And What'd your brother do here? My brother was out here and he opened actually a... Uh, wig store he was he was supplying all the hair to all the shows like basically yeah. all the shows out here so he bought an existing business because he wanted to move out here so that was his way in to get what kind of visa did you guys get h1b uh, e2 i think at the time e2 got it 
Yeah. Colt's on an HIV visa. There's a, <laughs> just so people know, there, there are ways to immigrate, but they're difficult. Yeah, they're yeah, E2 very and difficult. E5. Like, there's different HIV programs. HIV they're, they're, visa. they're still super difficult. They're yeah. very difficult. Why would I jack it? But I yeah. want to hear his no, Vegas story. No, it's, so, it's, well, it's fine. I just, but, I, but I thought that was a good time. Sorry. No, I thought it was a good time to bring up where you asked if you could catch HIV twice. I thought that was a good time. No, my point is, like, Magic's clear of HIV now, right? Like, he tests his. Yes, he is clear. Yeah, like, he's pretty much. Viral load is below the. The, the amount the threshold. detectable. But Here if you is. could get rid of it, could you, you get could. HIV twice? Man, <laughs> probably. It's the same as so, coronavirus. So this was at the time, by the way, I knew a lot of Canadians that were driving to America, mm-hmm. com- coming to the United States because cars were so cheap. The dollar at that point had was almost a parody or something. Yeah, it was a parody, yeah. yeah. It was a parody. So in 2006. So, Cana- so cars in, in the United States were a fraction of the price they were in Canada. So did you ever have any of that where you were... Doing the international, I was buying stuff back and forth from here all the time. Like but in the yeah. United States, yeah, I would right? buy stuff from here and bring it to Canada. Everybody yeah. was doing that because you could sell a car for thirty. And be done. Yeah. And be done. Yeah. How how long did you work for the guy? The guy? Uh, a few years. A few years. Yeah, a few years. So, at what point do you Vegas? decide to break away from him? <clears throat> so, my mom was like I was saying, she's coming back and forth from over here, and she got sick. Like mm-hmm. she had a little bit of health issues, and every time she's in Vegas, like she'd be at good health, like she'd be able to walk nice, and the, the weather over here, yeah, you know, no humidity, buddy. Weather, so yeah. not to dampen it, but she had like you know got diagnosed with di- uh, congestive heart failure. So over mm-hmm. here, the heat and the altitude really helps. Was better for her. So she's here. I get a phone call from my brother. He's like, "Hey, listen, you need to come now. Like, mom's not doing good." Like, yeah, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, and I already have one parent. Yeah, I'm there. I know. Yeah, I literally <clears throat> told Steve, "Hey, I have to go." Like, you know, he's like, "Go ahead, go ahead." So I left the office. I drove home grabbed my bag, came here. I grabbed a duffel bag. I was in such a rush to catch that flight. I was here for six months. <laughs> on a duffel, board, on on a duffel, duffel bag. bag. I went to Nordstrom's. I had to buy everything all over again. <laughs> so so, so you I was get here for six months. So you take care of your mom. You're doing your mom's health yeah. issues for yeah. six months. So I came here and I was looking around and I, and I eventually brought one of the cars that I had from over there up here. And I was driving that around and I was like, dude, like I'm looking at the prices here. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and there was only one dealer. I won't say who it is, but there was one dealer in town. I went there. And I'm like, uh, Hey, I want to trade this in. I want to buy this, you know? And like, Oh yeah, we'll give you like 25 K. I'm like 25 K. Yeah. Oh, seven Bentley. You want to give me 25 grand? Oh wow. I'm like, and we're like 2012 at the time. You got an 07 Bentley. No, you Chris. No, no. Where is it? Oh wait, do you have an 08 Bentley? I knew you had one of them. Math, right? 2012 yeah. to 2007. It's not that old. Like, no, it's not. Like, we'll give you 25 K. You know, it's a Canadian car, blah, blah, blah. Actually, no, it's a X us car. But it's okay. Okay, so, well, so okay, you know this question's coming now. So what's so wrong with Canadian cars? Nothing. People just okay. there's a stigmatism on it. You know, it's like it's they, a they have a different. Tool. Yeah, you got to swap out the kilometers and miles sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Depends. It's a bargaining tool. Got it. You know? Got it. They, okay. They were the you first to ones to have the day daylight running on the trucks and stuff. No, it's just a flick yeah. of a button. Back then, you had to wire them. Yeah. So. I'll fast forward it for you a little bit more. So I'm out here. I look at these numbers. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go look in LA and the guy's like, yeah, we'll give you like 60 K. Like, Perfect. Done. So you're like, car in, in LA. I'm like, okay, hang on a second. Uh, yeah, there's so a little gap in the market here. I started yeah. doing some research. I was like, wait a minute. So I started buying and flipping cars here. So I had to go back to Canada. Pack what? Okay. So what research, what research did you do? What were we looking at? I was at? looking on at this time, like online had kind of started, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking online, looking at auto trader, looking at prices here versus LA and I'm like, okay, cool. So I'd go buy a car from another state and I'd bring it here and I'd ask like 20 grand more for it. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting this. I'm getting it. And I was like, it wasn't like hard. It was easy. So again, 
you know, look, one of the biggest mistakes people make in business is they fall so in love with their own idea, they just charge headfirst into it. Yep. You actually do, do some research into what you're doing <laughs> okay, before you're your competitor. Competitor. Yeah, before I just had that conversation yeah, with before somebody. Before you're like, you know, we're going to open up a, you know, a Vietnamese restaurant, a cat petting zoo. That's a, that's not a good idea. You know, you just you just got to make sure the ideas are solid. But to do the research, now you're you're flipping cars in Vegas. No brick and mortar, no just no flipping cars. cars. Just, what year is this? Um, this is 2013, 14-ish now. 13, 14, okay. kind of the end of 13 and 14. Right. Um, so started there and just started flipping and built it up, built it up. And I was like, okay, wait a minute, I need to open something. So I wanted to open a dealership and I was doing some business with some people out here from prior, but in a different state. So I said, hey, you know, I'm going to open something. They're like, hey, wait a minute, let's do it together. So that dragged on six months because they were just dragging their feet. I said, okay, cool. But see, my credit didn't get recognized in the US. They don't yeah. care if you have an 800 credit score uh, over there, you have zero. I started at zero too. Yeah, and oh it's tough, gosh. man, like to build, think about credit for a second, to build a credit card, to build any credit from scratch takes right now. forever. How are you doing that? Yeah, you're getting, well, you're getting, you're getting secured credit cards. And your bank, bucks, your bank yeah, at a yeah, $500. And you're, and you're getting a, yeah. you're getting a high interest car loan on something and you're paying it down to a dollar and hopefully instantly and making it go. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's so a that's I partnered with this other dealer that I was doing business with, I won't see who they are, in, uh, we opened a, a store together. So I put the capital up and they brought a line of credit because we want to buy cars, right? Thank so you. what was the split on that? 50-50. Okay. So they brought the money, you, you brought the sweat. I brought, I brought no, no, I brought the, the we put our operating capital okay. and brought they brought the a line they of credit. They brought the credit. They brought the line of credit. Got it. Okay. Right? So it, it was more than just sweat. It was more than sweat. You it was more than sweat. It was like, all right. You know, it should have been more, but it is what right. it is, right? Yeah. You got to start. got to get your feet. We got to start somewhere. Yeah, start. New city, new state, new. Where was it? Where was the spot? Where was it? Just off Polaris and Tropicana. Okay. Right. So kind of kind of close to where you are now a little bit. Yeah. Small little warehouse. Did all the floors white and I take my pictures inside there and everything. You know, start with two cars, three cars, built it up quick to the point where in six months I was busting at the seams. Like I didn't have room for stuff and I was flipping stuff back and forth fast. Like it was cr- going crazy because you just didn't have room. Right. And so we had a three year lease on that space. Uh, and so what I did is I negotiated with the landlord, which is a big, you know, stations I negotiated mm-hmm. with their agent and there was a warehouse down the street. So we moved into that warehouse and they broke that lease and moved it over here. They oh, said, nice. okay, we'll just extend your lease over here. So now you have a total of three years. And I did that. So I, at the end of the lease, almost when the time was coming up, I was like, hey, listen, you know, and this is the mistake I'll say that I made is I, I was so busy focused on trying to build this business and get it going that I left the financials and everything to them, uh, which was my mistake, which is, mm-hmm. I'll say it now. I don't care. You yeah. Know? No, you get, right. dude, you, you got to have your nose in the books right? a little and bit. I didn't. Man, if you don't, because you, if you you're asking someone to run something without a P and L or anything like that, mm-hmm. it's like driving a ship blind. Yeah. If you don't have a P and L at the end of every month, you don't know what you're doing, you know? So you got to know where you can trim, where you can add. So were those PLs not exactly getting run properly? Well, I properly? got one. It was like, it was a little bit different. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, yeah, I started questioning it, right? Tax. So I started questioning it. And so I kind of said, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to exit. Yeah. You know? um, How long into it was that? I, it it kind of timed itself perfectly. Okay. So at three-year mark. This is when you were getting out of the little place into the bigger place? No, no, or no we, we already moved to the bigger, already moved to the bigger okay. place, but the already lease there. was ending. Okay, got so it. So broke that, like, like we're done and we're, we're done. We're still cool. And by now you're three, you're three yeah. years in. I'm you've got a little bit I, of credit. You got some, you, yeah, you of course I built everything yourself. up. Yeah, you know good. what I mean? And, uh, against all odds, like everything that could be done to, to try and stop me from opening on my own, they tried, but yeah. that's okay. I, I took the bullets. I took the bumps and I kept going and going and going. Um, and here we are now. So started a dealership again from scratch. I had to literally 
break everything down that I'd built and start from scratch again to rebuild it. And we opened Vegas Auto Gallery. They, so it's always been the same spot though, right? Yep. How many years no, now? So that one location, I extended the lease there. So once that was done with them, I went to the landlord and said, hey, listen, I'd like to take this lease on. Would you sign me is for that three the, years? Is it, are you in the same spot you were with the original spot? I have that one building where like now we do the photos. And oh, stuff. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. That was the original. There's like oh, that's the second wow. three of them now though, right? You have three buildings. But now we oh, have 55,000 wow. square feet. No, but the point was that you were just at the end of your rope there and you were just like, hey, would you let me have it by myself? Yeah. And I, and I mean, think about it. I had well, no, no, I had no line. I had yeah. operating capital. Yeah, crazy. Um, but that was it. And that was it. I had to go start all over. So it was like ground level start over again. Like, and you every, get that up and running again. Got that up and running. How long before? How long before it was profitable when you go again? How long? You wouldn't believe me. I told you. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna guess you were profitable in 90 days. I was profitable my first month. I love it. Yeah. Lead, they, well, there's another lesson, kids. Lead with revenue because, again, if you scale properly and you do things the way you're supposed to, man, you can be profitable the first month. One of the things that I'm very proud about about the businesses and all the JVs we built is we've never done an additional cash call on any of the JVs we have. Like we do a JV at the front, we say this is what it's going to cost to get it open, and then the thing is self sufficient from there on out. That's it. Never again. And I think that is the key. Like, again, man, and in, in, in some things take time, some things sure. do, but some people wait too long to pull the plug on a bad idea yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they do yeah. you so, gotta stop the bleeding if it's bad yeah you, you have you to end it you that's gotta, what people don't realize yeah. they just they're putting good money behind bad oh I my god all the time throwing it down a hole yeah, and so they're just exactly i mean I, i'm sure you just like me you get pitched ideas all the time people are like all day. i got this great business man you should come in as a partner it's gonna be awesome how do you know but a year how much money have you made none but it's but yeah. yo, bro we're right there to turn the you corner know my first red flag is i What's get pitched that? ideas all the time and people are like oh so this is my idea and this is what i'm gonna pay myself <laughs> no dude red flag yeah. i'm out no yeah first no. of all i don't pay are you on a salary at all yeah like if, in the, me myself yeah now i am no i'm not, not. no like we've, what do you mean yeah. when say, well no no that? my individual corporation i take i take a nominal i take a not the, the tax i take the tax man advised salary right. for what i do right. so i pay my stuff he but, takes a fair market salary, fair market salary for, for what he's doing for, tax for what it is but when it comes to our businesses like simply <laughs> vegas or clear title yep. streamline I'm not on any type of a salary from any of those companies. No, same. We just own them and that's how it is. Yep. You have to with your own. You have right. to because you have to pay your you know, your Medicare yeah. and you have to pay your own employment. You have yeah. to pay yeah. into your there. social security. Yeah. Whatever my accountant says, I just take yeah. Yeah. That's the number. That's, 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 that's my number. Like, that's you're what taking I'm this and this is it. Yeah, yeah. That's, cool. that's, that's, that's what I'm paid. Which is fair, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thanks, counselor. Anyway. Anyway, so you built this up to, I mean, okay. So obviously you're doing Highline cars, right? Most So- the Bugattis are the most expensive thing you've bought, right? Yeah, for sure. That's I mean, it. No, I've, I've sold McLaren P1s, Bugattis, Paganis, uh, yeah, Carrera GTs, 918s, you name What's it. it like the first time you pull the trigger on a $2 million car? What's that like? You shake. Yeah. <laughs> you shake. Like, okay, if I don't sell this thing, I got to sit on it. I mean, it's probably the yeah. same as if I bought, when we buy a $2 million house, you're like, yeah. this thing's got to be gone in like yeah. six, seven months. For See, the, back in the day, the mentality was everything's dropping. Right, yeah. you're buying a yeah. car. You're you're like, okay, cool. What is my exit so I'm not getting smoked yeah. on the way out? Now it's different. Like for the last two years, people have been spoiled. They're like, oh, I buy a car, I made twenty grand. Yeah. Right, right. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean that's. I mean honestly, some you know somebody asked me this. You know what's with the car that I bought yesterday? I said, yeah. look, my money in the bank is getting squeezed like a mother trucker. I'm trying to put it into some sort of an asset that I think will actually grow. Yep. And I think the the rarity of that car. I'm that car super rare. Why don't yeah. you tell them what you got? 
that's all right. <laughs> they'll, they'll see. Like, follow me on Instagram. If you want to see my car? Because yeah, it was like because yesterday I'm trying to do a commercial for Nick. I got two golden knights sitting in my car, and I'm like, hey, hey as we go along, it's pretty funny. What's the weirdest yeah. story you've ever had with someone? Like, there's got to be someone that did the same thing as the realtor, right? Like, I need a car tomorrow. It's got to be this type of deal. You get weird um, stuff still in Vegas, like, or do you get lotto or people not lotto, but people hitting jackpots coming? Oh, over? oh yeah, yeah, we've had jackpot people buyers. come in with like six, seven hundred thousand. They just won and said, I want to buy a car. In cash, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm ready, I'm ready to buy. Like, And they bought like two cars in one go. But I see, see, I think that, see, okay, here's the thing, though. With you, though, man, and this is really, you know, that was a, obviously some great lessons along the way with getting you open and sure. getting you to do that. But with you, <laughs> what I find is really unique around your business is you've created a culture around your business that you have these high net worth guys that it's almost like a club. They come, they literally just come hang out at your spot. Yeah, they just come hang out. So, you know, it, what talk about that and talk about what you've done to make that happen and make that a reality in your business. Most dealerships are stuffy, right? Like when you walk in, you're like, hey, can I help you? Can I help you? People walk in like, hey, if you need questions, feel free to ask. Mm-hmm. We'll leave the person alone. They'll walk around, they'll hang out. And so these guys will come and they'll go play golf. I have a full driving range in there. I have a ping pong table. Yeah. They, they come and hang out. They'll have a, a drink and relax. And they just kind of want to hang out because there's music playing and it's just the atmosphere, right? And they joke around with us. You create relationships. Like what we were saying, yeah. your, your relationships are your net worth, yeah. really. So they want to just hang out there. Or they go to the other location on Sahara. Like since then, I've expanded to Sahara. I have another building. Oh, I didn't know you had another one over there. Yeah, so I have a location on Sahara. Uh, it's kind of It was kind of a crazy story. So this building came up, and it was beside my only competitor in town. Okay. And the chance of that happening. <laughs> Slim and none. Right? I was like, okay, so no, like, wait a minute. How big of a sign can I put up? That's the only That's question exactly I need to know. Right. At least so how big can the sign be? took the building, and now I'm fill that thing up and I got five times the amount of inventory that they have. And you're right there next door. Yeah. They're not, they're not that large, right? No. Well, I think I just like yesterday, man, when I was sitting, when I I was sitting there and and up comes Carlson and uh, who else was there? Uh, Coglin. Coglin. When they, when they come walking up, you know, it was like, it was like, it wasn't like walking up to see the car salesman guy. It wasn't like walking up to see the dude that owns his business. It was like, what's up, dude? You know what I mean? It, it was, it was a, it was a relationship. That's a hockey thing. Things, guys. Yeah, it's you right away. Like, look at how respectful they were to you. Like, hey man, how you doing? Like, yeah, just uh, what's up boys. I did use, I did say boys, I think, yeah. cause I think that's a hockey thing. I did yeah. that. Hey buddy. Hey boys. Yeah, I did come falling in my mouth a little bit. But I think creating that culture within your company and I think giving them like, hey, even if you're not buying something, just come hang by and hang out. Come visit us. Just because uh, because here's the thing, like those guys, where can they really go and not get bothered? That's exactly it, right? And they and they want to see, who doesn't love cars? Like I have toys and toys and toys of yeah. this. They want to come and just look around and, hey, what do you got new? What do you got? Like they want to come sit and stuff and other dealerships will kick them out. Like they've had bad experiences in town. Really? But yeah, if you could believe that. I mean well, like, Vegas I, yeah. Vegas is... Vegas car market was known as like the people would go to. That's why the uh, Orange County dealerships are so good. LA is because everybody from Vegas is like screw Vegas's dealerships and they yeah. bounce. You had very true. You had four owners have every point possible to buy out. So you take the two million dollar or two million people market in Vegas. You got four, three dealerships, two dealerships. You put that two million 
population in, in Utah, you got 15. So, you know, they could treat people bad mm-hmm. in Vegas. I, that was the yeah, first yeah, thing I heard from here. people. It was yeah. a monopoly here. Yeah. Well, well, I would say, like, now, like, what percentage of the nights do you say, if you had to put a percentage on the team that you sell cars to? 100 You sell all of them? I, I, all I, of them. Even cars. Bill Foley, the owner of the team, actually, is a good friend, and I sell cars to him directly. I go Foley. to his house. Like, I have access to his place. I pick cars up, drop cars You don't off, sell like, cars to the Raiders. What about the Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders, we sell cars Okay, all right. Okay, real quick. Can we talk about this? Can Disclaimer. We, <laughs> can we have in, some in sort no way of, is Nick Dose yeah. responsible for the actions and behaviors of the Las Vegas Raiders? No, but I mean, can we can we explain to them that nobody can see these cars at the club? Do they know that? I mean, can we just if you can yeah. just, just get just like look, bro, go to the club, but nobody Uber. can see the leave car, so leave it at home. Leave, just leave the car at home. Leave the car. Yeah, drive the Red Rock it. with your hot whip. Don't. Not, yeah, not I, the club. I get it. I That's get one it. One thing about Vegas, like, there's nowhere to go. You can't front the car. It ain't Miami. No, exactly. You can't. There's no reason to drive the car to the club. Stop driving the damn car to the club. <laughs> Take an Uber, get a car. Take an Uber. It's, it's Take more Uber. of a flex when you yeah, go in a car. It is. It is a worthless flex. Who, you know, like, who are you going to impress? The valet in front of MGM? He don't care. They're messing it up anyway. Yeah, he yeah, don't I care. Know, right? I mean, yeah, it's like, dude, leave the leave the car at home when you're when you're doing that. Yeah. Well, guys, man, Nick, man, it was such a pleasure to have you on and talk Thanks, about man. all this stuff. It was great. And, and and if you are looking for any type, and, and dude, and it's not just all necessarily super highlight stuff. No, like I, this location on Sahara has you know fifty thousand and up, and and. The yeah. other store has all the toys. Yeah, well, I, and, and also service. You service, service. stuff, I have too. a full service department, two of them. One on Sarah, one on... And, you, and, and, and all Highline cars. You can service anything. I can service yes. everything. You can service McLaren, everything. McLaren, Porsche, Ferrari. They were the first. Manuals. You're the f- only ones that can do McLarens in Yeah, town, we're right? the only ones in town that can yeah. do McLaren. That's awesome. So, look, man, if you're looking for a Highline car or you just want to come walk around, although if you don't need money, don't waste it, waste time. But <laughs> no, you know, but check out Vegas Auto Gallery. If they want to follow you online, what's your Instagram, how they find you? Uh, Nick.dosa, and the dealership's Instagram is Vegas Auto Gallery. Yeah, check, dude, if you want to look at some sick stuff just follow the instagram it's there anyway the well, man, lotus coming out of sick chop oh because you and you are the lotus the dealer lotus in town. we didn't even guess we didn't even talk about that but yeah. you're the lotus dealer so if you want to drive a lotus yeah. also call my man nick and, and here's the thing i will tell you this don't say you can't find a car because that thing will be in your driveway in less than two weeks <laughs> that later was your experience yeah, that was my yeah that was it no that was it because yeah i literally I, I, I there was a grimace i think when i bought the karma out at the end of my lease you just made me, well which is hilarious i stuck you with that thing yesterday but <laughs> okay. there was a grimace at the end of the uh karma lease when i bought it and it was like well, there's only one car i would want it's you know the maserati mc20 and then literally two weeks later it's he's flexing on his damn instagram and now it's in my driveway <laughs> there you go so uh so yeah lesson learned do not challenge him he will he will track it down and find it <laughs> anyway. all right brother well good Thanks to see you man yep. and uh, again man vegas auto gallery Faro nick dosa if they want to find you colt where do they find you Colt underscore Amadin Instagram. Amadin, and real quick, just because I Amadine. I feel bad. I feel bad. All right, you go up to the ice cream truck. Top three ice cream. To, to try top three things in the ice cream truck. What do you got? Uh, I mean, <laughs> pumpkin cheesecake. <laughs> I know you guys. Okay, stop. Okay. Oh no, 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 no. Number two. Oh, number two is just that Oreo cookies and cream. <laughs> number one, Baskin Robbins. Has a quarterback crunch only That's, during football. Oh, it's amazing. Okay. But they don't, you, then you show up, it's and not there. Good. And they don't have 31 flavors and, anymore. Yeah. It's like 24. <laughs> and, a bunch of empty jugs. And where can jugs. they find you, Colt? Uh, where can they find you? What? <laughs> they find me. I already said it. Yeah, the ice cream in Counselor, how can people find bar, you? They're looking for Con- you. LV, and I'll be right beside Colt at the food truck. That's it, right by the ice cream truck. Well, guys, if you like what we do, hey, make sure you tell a friend. If you hated what we do, make sure you tell two because it doesn't matter if they're talking good. All that matters is as long as they're talking about you. As long as they're talking about. See you next time. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. 
Well, we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. <laughs>